Welcome to Breaking the Cycle of Poverty featuring Jay Height, Executive Director of Shepherd Community Center in Indianapolis. For the past 36 years, Shepherd has served its neighbors on the Near East side of Indianapolis by providing a range of services and support designed to end generational poverty. My name is Tim Swearns, and I'm your host for these conversations that explore why poverty remains such a persistent problem in the United States and how each of us can help our neighbors break the cycle of poverty. Today's episode looks at how we as individuals can live a life filled with gratitude and thanksgiving, even in difficult times. Uh, Jay, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the hard, painful realities many of our neighbors face. Today we want to talk about living a life of gratitude. Um, How do we reconcile those two, hard realities and a life of gratitude? Well, many years ago, it would have been 41 years ago uh, when I was learning how to drive. Um, I don't think my father, who would be the one to ride with me, had much gratitude. But he would say this. He would say, son, you drive to where you look. And I was paying attention to the mailbox along the side of the road, Mm -hmm. and I would begin to drift over. And he said, "You're, you're driving to where you're looking. He said, you need to look straight ahead, and that's where you'll go. I think that uh, correlates to this question. We have challenges. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Yes. Some great promises there. So for us, uh, I think it's, what what am I focusing on? Am I focusing on the challenges around us? I think also, if you were to come into my office, Tim, and, and I say this, but I don't mean it. You could go over to my desk, and right underneath my desk, you could pull up the carpet. You could rip it up off the ground. And underneath there, when we were building that part of the building, we added on, and my office was part of the add-on, we, we would go throughout the building on the new country, and we would write Bible verses. Yes. And I wrote out a Second Kings 6. It's the story where the king of Aram is coming to, to get Elisha. Uh, he's tired of him because every time he uh, is thinking about going to attack the Israelites, Elisha says, hey, king of Israel, know this, he's setting up an ambush or he's coming at you over here. And the king of Aram said, goodness, there must be a spy. And they said, it's not a spy, it's this guy. And he said, well, go get him. So the servant goes out in the morning. This was before Keurigs, so he had to make coffee the old-fashioned way. And so he's out there, and the mist is coming up in the early morning sun, and all of a sudden he sees this army surrounding them, and he knows they're not there for breakfast. Yes. Uh, and and that uh, if they're coming for his boss, that means he's going to be a victim too, and he's not real excited. And he says, oh, my Lord, what shall we do? And Elisha's prayer was, open his eyes that he may see. Yes. And what was it he wanted him to see? He who is with us is greater than he who is with them. We can focus on the army that surrounds us, the problems, or we can focus on the God who gives us peace. Uh, In in Matthew 5, the word blessed in the the Sermon on the Mount and all the different blessed, the word there is makarios. It's a Greek word, and so I'm impressing you like I I understand Greek. I just know that word. We're very impressed. Yeah, yeah. It's probably the only word in Greek I know. But makarios is to live above the problems, to live in a state. um, and, And the only way you can live in that state above your problems while you're going through them is that God is with you. Yes. That he gives you the strength. And so I think the 
I I heard a sermon once. God didn't tell us to think, be thankful for the uh, clothes on the line that fell in the mud. Uh, I've, I uh, I and for those of you who don't know what you do putting clothes on the line, ask ask someone my age. But um, my grandma would put the laundry on the line, right? Yes. He said, "Don't be thankful for that." But we can be thankful that God's given us a washing machine to wash those dirty clothes. We're going to have problems. And we can get frustrated. And I'm just like anyone else. There's some days my wife uh, will say, Jay, you're, you're getting too upset. You're getting too frustrated. And, and I have to remind myself, he who is with us is greater than he who is with them. And so I think having that attitude of gratitude amidst pain and hurt is to live that uh, blessed life, that life not free from problems, but knowing that we're not going through them alone. I, I love that Bible verses are written in the concrete at Shepherd. I promise not to rip up your carpet to see them, but that's a, that's great. Um, just to be clear, we're, we're not talking about a don't worry, be happy approach to, to life. And you, you've sat beside people, prayed with them, encouraged them on their on their worst days. Where does your hope come from when you're surrounded by pain? Well, it's a good reminder because I can get the distraction. And, and so I think of the standing at the foot of my mother's bed as she transitioned from this earth to eternity, uh, or when I got the call that my dad had passed or my father-in-law had passed. We didn't make it back there. Um, When people die and know Jesus, even in death, there's hope because I'm not saying goodbye, I'm saying see you later. Yes. And so there's been times when I've had to say, see you later to friends, and we cry and we weep. And I believe in a God who weeps with us. I think when the challenges that come, and and, uh, I think of, uh, I can still tell you where I was in my house just through this COVID when my son called to tell us that that his daughter, my granddaughter, had COVID and and all of the fears that came with that. And... um, and the fact that I don't have to try to figure this out, I don't have to solve it. Sometimes I put on the Superman cape and think I'm going to go solve everything and I just mess it up. But God takes that mess we make and turns it into a beautiful picture. And um, I, I'm thankful that I have a God who journeys with me, as the psalmist wrote in the 23rd Psalm, and that we're never alone. Yes. A book called The Hiding Place, uh, which if you have not read it, highly recommend, but it had a profound effect on me many years ago. It's about Corrie Ten Boom and her sister Betsy, who were prisoners in a Nazi concentration camp. And and one of the stories from that book that really I've remembered for years and years, she wrote about learning to become thankful for the fleas. Um, They were in this barracks and concentration camp, fleas all over the place. Uh, but they found out that the Nazi guards would not go into those barracks because of the fleas, and they learned to be thankful for those uh, that, that gave them the freedom to study the Bible and to wor- worship and to minister to others. Um, how can hardships uh, help us learn to be more grateful for God's blessing? You know, I think in my own life where uh, I've injured myself, I know anyone that knows me would be surprised. Wow, Jay got hurt. But uh, then you go through rehab. Yes. And no one enjoys rehab. It's not the purpose of it. It's to restore the motion. It's to restore the movement. And then we live in a fallen world where bad things happen, right? Where yes. Where car accidents happen, where 
COVID happens, where heart attacks happen, where abuse happens. But God can take that and work that through. And and I think of, again, Paul writing, uh, my grace is sufficient for thee. As Jesus promised him, he said, I prayed that whatever his problem was, his thorn in the flesh, to take it away three times and God chose not to. And that's hard. That's hard to understand. I was reading um, Mark Batterson, one of my favorite authors, uh, modern authors, and he wrote about how he had spent a lifetime with asthma and he prayed that God would heal him, and he did. And I stopped the book at that point, set it down, and went, I prayed that prayer multiple times. God hasn't healed me. And then God said, remember my promise, though. My grace is sufficient. Oh, I don't like breathing treatments and the medicine I have to take. And no one likes it when I have to take steroids. And it just makes me grumpy. And um, But God's grace is sufficient. We live in a world where bad things are going to happen. But we have a God who says, I'm going to redeem that. And oh, by the way, where's your focus? What are you looking at? Because for us, these issues are of the present day are short-term yes but god and i i think um we're all we all have scars right they help write our story but they don't have to define us and i can be thankful that there's a god that says all this happened but god (laughs) you know satan did this but god and i think my life is a story of but god Many of these issues, we don't write, and you'll appreciate this, you're a writer, right? My English teachers, I don't know if they're still alive. If they are, they're probably falling over that I even listen to class. But God isn't a God of the period. He's the God of the semicolon. And I think of my own story of being in a car accident when I was a young child and weeks in the hospital and all of those things. But it wasn't a period. It's a semicolon. But God uses that in these different ways. And sometimes even in ways we may not know this side of eternity. I can be thankful because I don't live this life in my own strength, in my own wisdom, which everyone else is saying, thank goodness. Uh, it, it's, it's but God. Yes. And, and I think of those things like my wife that God gave me and uh, and, and my family and all of the things that go into that, you know, God's the God of the semicolon. I, because I blew my knee out in high school, I couldn't go away to college. I had been accepted at a school, was planning on going there, had my roommate, mm-hmm. but had to have a series of knee surgeries. And so I couldn't go away, period. No, it was a semicolon. But I ended up going to Wright State University where I met my bride and the love of my life. So uh, God uses those to make things happen. Yes. And I, I want to encourage folks to understand we can be thankful not for the laundry, uh, the clothes on the line, right. falling in the mud, but that God is providing us ways to clean that again. Yes, yes. So we, we live in a culture uh, that conditions us, that teaches us that you know more and more things will bring happiness. Comfort will bring happiness. Um, skeptical of those messages. Uh, is living a life of gratitude more about an approach to life, an attitude, uh, uh, than more about thing, piling up comfort and things? It's a decision. 
It's not in things because things come and go. Yes. Uh, I, I think I remember reading during 08 and 09, the world recession and the bottom fell out of a multimillionaire who lost everything in Germany and he walked in front of a train yeah. because his life was defined by his stuff. But God. And God is... The, I make a choice to have the attitude I have. I don't have to like some things that's happened in my life. But I, and, and they're going to help write my story, but it doesn't have to define me. And you've been around, there's plenty of Eeyores in the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a sunny day, but it's probably <laughs> going to rain tomorrow. Um, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. And at times I think I can. And it's when I take my eyes off the fact that greater is he who is with us than he who is with them. Well, you're, you're definitely not an Eeyore. Jay, as we approach Thanksgiving, uh, who and what are you thankful for this year? Well, I, I always have to start. I am thankful for my bride, my best friend, my kids, and my children, uh, my, my grandchildren. Um, they, they, they teach me, even the little guys teach me, and just all of the fun of life, right, and that they enjoy life, and they live it very simply. And, and I need to learn from that. I am thankful for my colleagues here at Shepherd. I'm thankful for my neighbors uh, who teach me in so many different ways. Uh, and that uh, one of the questions I'll ask folks is, where have you seen Jesus? And I see him in my neighbors. Yes. I see it in my colleagues. I see it in that person who gets on the floor and talks with a child um, and teaches them uh, in special creative ways or, or that staff member who walks beside uh, an adult going through a crisis. Um, I am thankful for that, and I am thankful for those who invested in, in an obnoxious kid named Jay Height. And uh, my, my parents and my brothers and, and their spouses who are special and have invested in me, but those who I grew up with in my school at Dayton Christian or in my home church, Vandalia Church of the Nazarene, those were special people who invested in me. And, and for me, as the, the, the Bible says in Hebrews, it's, it's time for us to go and do that for others, you know, to, to live out their faith and um, model our faith and our lives after them. And, and so this Thanksgiving, we can be thankful and then we can demonstrate that thanks by going and doing likewise. Yes, thank you, Jay. And we're also thankful for all of you who are listening today. Uh, to learn more about how you can help Shepherd help our neighbors, please visit shepherdcommunity.org. Thank you for listening and have a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.